Hi, welcome into the Irish NFL show presented by uh, Trust Gaming and presented by Matchbook Betting Exchange. Michael FUKC McQuaid, Column Javante Williams Cronin, and Brian, same amount of touchdowns as Kenny Galladay O'Leary. Boys, welcome in. Happy Monday night. Yeah, um, definitely feeling a little bit after um, that performance in the Broncos on Sunday Night Football. But look, there were lots of fantastic offensive performances, lots of talking points, and lots for us to get into on tonight's show. How's the form, Brian? All good, all good. We found a way to make sure teams that we all selected in our full house of weekend picks lost our way and didn't get the results. And when I saw some people on social yesterday saying, oh no, you haven't jinxed us this time. I'm very confident we're going to win that game. I knew then at half five the Bengals were not going to beat the Chargers. Uh, shout out to uh, Tip the Bengals who's given us a wave. If you want to get your comment on screen, you need to put the uh, chat on Facebook or YouTube. Just search the Irish NFL show and it will come up. Uh, unfortunately, Twitter hasn't seemed to uh, integrate his comments yet, but really appreciate the love, folks, the comments. And obviously, we're live now. We're going to go through as many things as we can from yesterday and look ahead to a, a decent game tonight. Um, well, there's a, there's a lot of wind, and it's not in Dublin. It's it's in Buffalo. We'll, we'll come back to that in a minute. But uh, we'll we, we just jump in. Yeah, jump in the last night's action. Yeah. Yeah. For it. yeah. Why not? Yes. Uh, well, I decided fantasy wise to go as all in as I could on the on the Vikings yesterday, and that went well. Uh, the Lions column get a win against the Vikings, uh, improved to one ten and one, and no team in the league this season will go unbeaten. Uh, what were your takeaways from that game? Because for me, obviously Adam Feeling going off uh, in the first quarter, there wasn't an official destination or uh, sorry, a, a downgrade yeah, out until yeah. the third or fourth quarter. Like literally it's that sort of time of the evening but for me um it couldn't get a goal in the run game they had two or three backup running backs they never brought into the game i wasn't happy with how the vikings approached it but lions done well man obviously and you have to give them props they've been through a very very rough 11 weeks and they got the win yeah no you you do in fairness i mean we at times questioned whether they were playing for for Dan Campbell, given everything that we've seen and the manner in which they've lost some of the games, which have been really heartbreaking. And it would have been easy for them, you know, because the Vikings did struggle. But obviously, um, just at the towards the end, the Vikings go ahead. And at that point, it would have been very easy for the Lions heads to drop. You know, here we go again. We're going to lose. But they didn't. And they went marched down the field and they got the touchdown. I, for me, I suppose the the takeaways were a cu couple of things. The for the Vikings and Brian and I had discussed this on our kind of season preview show. There there are huge issues with Zimmer. He's in his eighth year now, and this is a Vikings team that has much more talent than they're delivering on. Justin Jefferson is one of the best weapons in the game, and they just find ways to make games close constantly. I, I say it jokingly in, in ways, but I this is a team that would play the Super Bowl 24 49ers or the 0-16 Lions close. And so it constantly proves. And the killer for me was the way in which they playing prevent defense i hate it I, I don't think it does anything for you they had gone and gotten the ball back from Goff 
on the drive uh, to, you know, where they, they, they took the ball literally out of his hands. But then they go, they play prevent, everything is in front of him. And even on the touchdown pass at the end, Brian and I were talking about earlier, I don't think the Vikings player knew where he was. I think he thought he was still outside the, the end yeah. zone. But, you know, kudos to the Lions for, for doing it. I think Mike Zimmer, after they had gone and beaten the Packers, they've now lost to the 49ers and to the Lions. Uh, I think it might be the end of, of Zimmer for um, for potentially in, in Minnesota. They would need a seriously strong run in and a run in the playoffs, I think, in order to, to keep that his job. Yeah, I, I look, I agree with Colin in terms of that the, the last drive and how they went defensively. Um, his own, you know, whatever way you want to call it. But yeah, for me, the, the annoying point if you're a Vikings fan, is why didn't they not just run the clock down and kick the field goal? Because they're at the two-minute two minute timeout, sorry, two-minute warning. Uh, the Lions had no more timeouts left. They could have run the clock down, which is exactly what they did a couple of weeks back against the Packers. If we recall that great game two weeks ago where it was high scoring, they had the ball last, they drove down and they they, they, they had the Packers utilize all their timeouts and they let, they let the clock kick, uh, tick down to kick the field goal. It's exactly what they should have done yesterday. But but they took, they took the touchdown thinking, the game is over because we're playing a team that hasn't won a game all season and didn't believe that Goff could could bring them down the field. And to Colin's point, you blitz them in the previous drive and you get the ball, you literally take the ball away from them and then you go with a completely different um, scheme defensively. And yeah, I don't think your man knew exactly where he was. I think he, I think he thought he held them up, you know, outside the end zone. And for the Lions, we yeah, I've been critical of Dan Campbell and you know I won I wondered whether the team were still with him. But I think Goss' reaction when he won the game, he ran straight over to the head coach. To me, is telling that you know they have they do have a lot of respect for him. And um, you probably we've probably all seen it. You know the press conference after the game, Campbell, and obviously what's gone on in the past week in that area. So it was nice to see them win a the game. For the Vikings, we keep saying, "Oh, they're a good team and they'll play up against any team." After a while, you have to just you know you can't be. They're so inconsistent. Are they really a good team, or are you just one of these Jackman Hyde teams that on their day will play play a good game? But in the, in the in the long run, they're not good enough. Cousins for me isn't good enough, and they got some great players. And we've seen other games this season, and they haven't used players like Cook at times. Zimmer's gone. Like I said at the start of the season, I thought he'd be the first head coach to go, and uh, I think Matt Nagy probably will end up being the one that goes before him. But I can't see how he'll remain there next season. Charkoff, uh, 25-41, 296-yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Really good combination on the wide receiving routes. Uh, you got St. Brown with 86 yards, one touchdown. TJ Hawkinson with a touchdown, and also Josh Reynolds, 70 yards receiving. Uh, and like a 70 yards with Jamal Williams on the rush. Look, this Lions team got it done yesterday. The Vikings, I don't know where to start. I don't think Zimmer will go uh, until the end of the season. I seen a few people calling for his head last night. You know, stuck in the moment. I just don't see the point in getting rid of him now. Just... No, I don't. I don't think he can be going now. But I just think when it comes to Black Monday, um, week eighteen, whatever it is these days, um, mid January, he'll be out. Let's see what happens. Right. H two O. Have to get ready for Storm Barra. He's all okay down there. Yeah, all good. No. Excited. In 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 dublin i think out out west and and down home in cork it might be a slightly different story but this uh, yeah of course we're it's all work from home now i mean when we had the beast in the east it was great it was days off but no longer 
to work from home. Obviously, after our friend Barra Best, going to try and get Barra on the show sometime. I don't even know if he likes the NFL, but let's see the crack. Uh, thanks, everyone, watching this live. We're going to look at the Chargers against the Bengals now. Um, <laughs> I want to apologize to every Bengals fan because we all picked the Bengals. I personally thought the Bengals would turn it on against the Chargers based on what I've seen with Justin Herbert column against the Broncos the week beforehand. He wasn't let go enough for me. He was let go yesterday, 317 yards, three touchdowns. The offense looked good for a lot of the game, went down a little bit, but at the end of the day, 41 points against the Bengals team. That was seven and four going into it. Uh, great performance. Yeah, like the, the Chargers were, were very good at times. They started off really well. Then obviously the, the Bengals came back into it. And then, I mean, this is a Bengals team that did have some injuries, but it is a Bengals team that defensively, they, they give up a lot of points at times. I thought Joe Mixon and the run game, I thought that's what the, the Bengals would lean on because that had proved, you know, so effective for other teams. I mean, you, you looked at the, the Broncos last week, but everyone's been able to run all over the Chargers and that wasn't the, the case for, for the Bengals. Now, um, Burrow obviously uh, injuring his finger doesn't help anything, and then the the mix and fumble is the 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 point where the game really changes. You, you felt the the momentum change at that point. Um, for for the for the Bengals, I suppose you um, there's there's Owen with the stats. Well, Mel, Melvin <laughs> Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. Um, had him had him for breakfast unfortunately on um and i really thought mixon coming off 160 yard and 120 yard game um it's it's tough to know what to make of this this chargers team right when mike williams is there and 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 catching the ball they're they're very good i mean keenan allen is at least reliable but it's mike williams seems to be kind of the the x factor who gives them that that little bit something extra and gives Herbert that extra option to to go to you'd have to say at times the Chargers have been incredibly impressive this year and at other times you really wonder you know what the the fuss is is all about about the the supporting cast I think Herbert is a fantastic QB I think his supporting cast blow very hot and cold but you saw him at times yesterday if you give him any time and allow him to to take shots he can pick you apart yeah we all picked the Bengals because we felt having a column's touched on it having looked at the charges week on week out and last week defensively how erratic they've been you know and then you had a Bengals team that had put, put up over 20 points five of the last six games going into it and even you know in fairness to the Bengals you know it's a, it's a difficult loss to take because they've been riding in a crestful way but they still came rallying back there's a lot of teams in the league that when they're 24 nil down that early they don't come back at all they got back to 24 22 two touchdowns in the in the second quarter two field goals and I think another field goal tagged on and i think they went for a couple of two-point conversions and, and they missed them but like they got back and then that turning point yeah was that you know the fumble in the third quarter and that charges defense you know as critical as we've been of them six sacks yesterday on board over two interceptions i mean they caught them on the hop early they got out and yeah michael you've been calling out for weeks on end when they're gonna let herbert fly but in fairness a lot of teams have been holding mike williams to in you know down for low point low yards games and they haven't had that long pass option and it was certainly there yesterday and keenan allen like he's we say he's service, serviceable but yesterday he had a really good game he had two touchdowns yesterday it's a big win for the Chargers because 
you know, we discussed this weekend how important the games were to where within your division. I don't think we thought the Chargers were going to be the ones coming out with a win and having picked other games, but it's a big win for them. And Bengals, Bengals are still well within this division. You know, never mind a wild card situation. We've seen what's happened. We'll get to the Ravens Steelers game. Like right now, you'd argue the Bengals are probably still one of the best team, if not the best team in that division. I think they are personally. I, still a lot of, I mean, it was, there was obviously injuries there on both sides of the ball for the Bengals yesterday. At one point, Joe Burrow's finger looked like it was about to pop off. I don't know what was going on there. But at the same time, still 300 yards, albeit one touchdown, two interceptions. But uh, T. Higgins getting nearly 140 yards receiving. Tyler Boyd, 85 yards. Jamar Chase, no touchdowns, but 50 yards receiving. So that combination, it does work. An off day for the Bengals. They will go again next week. And uh, love to all the Bengals. And Chargers fan. Uh, if you're a Chargers fan, by the way, if you want to leave a comment, there's a medium Justin Herbert jersey going. Uh, somebody DM me saying they have one, an extra one. So if you'd like one, leave a comment. You have to be a Chargers fan. All right, I'm not giving one away. I can't remember who it was, but whoever done that, fair play to you. Appreciate it. Uh, Seahawks, 30 49ers 23 last night when the Steelers and the and the Ravens were playing and the Ravens were going for two I was up in my fantasy game by one and a half points I know you just don't care about this right but at that point then Jimmy Garoppolo thought it'd be fun to throw the ball to George Kittle and I ended up losing by seven and there was like a minute and a half left oh my anyway anyway George Kittle yesterday had 181 yards on nine attempts uh, or nine receivings like or I can't even talk anymore. I'm not annoyed. Jimmy G, Colin, 299 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, but the 49ers losing against the Seahawks. Seattle are like the most inconsistent team in this league at the minute, but still get the win. Poor mistake from Alex Matcom towards the end of the game as well. Yeah, um, I think Brian had given the, the stats in terms of the way in which the Seahawks have owned the 49ers, but didn't think that they would be given how they have been playing over the the last few weeks and Wilson hadn't looked particularly good since he came back from uh the injury but all that that change yesterday Wilson um was back to to being Russell Wilson and well Jimmy G was Jimmy G at times very good but ultimately the two picks and just comes up short when you know when the pressure is on when you need him to deliver it's just not there um, you, I had thought that the, the this 49ers team were rolling. We had uh, Cynthia on. She uh, was thinking that there were three teams going to the playoffs from the NFC West. The Seahawks win might mean that we're now down to two and that that it may well ultimately cost the the 49ers a, a shot at the the playoffs they've got a huge game against the the Bengals next weekend that's going to be a, a really interesting one to to see uh, how they go against uh, one another um and i think that that's definitely one to to keep an eye on because obviously both teams will be looking to bounce back from um disappointing defeats uh, for for Seattle, they yeah they get um they get a win over an arch rival, which is always pleasant. And uh, you were saying about Kittle, Michael. I don't know if you saw him signing the sign before the game. Uh, Kittle wishes he wishes he was Gronk. So fair play to him, good sportsmanship and being willing to sign that. Well, yeah, yeah. I know they had the opportunity to win the game at the end, the 49ers, but. The Seattle team for me were the much better side just the end. This game should have been out of sight. I mean, the fact that every tight end fumbles at the two yard line towards the end, 
And then obviously the 49ers drive 95 yards down the field and looks like they're going to win the game. They can't punch it in. And then there was other red zone opportunities where Seattle slipped up. The game could have been, you know, they should have been home and hose earlier in, in, in the game. But the 49ers yesterday, without Debo Samuel, looked, I wouldn't say ordinary in offense, but the run game struggled as well. And Debo Samuel, you know, look, we touched on it last week. He's now becoming like a dynamic wide receiver, running back, a bit of everything. And it was, you know, he was clearly missed yesterday. And the running game didn't got, really didn't get going properly yesterday. And he had 13 of the last 15 games leading into that game yesterday. Seattle had won. But we all felt that the 49ers would have enough. And you know, they, they had it there for them to win at the end. But because Shanahan at times this season has just found ways not to get these games won, you know, tight games. And they're similar in many ways. Like right now, them in the like, I think, I think obviously Washington are in the wild card, but it's kind of between the Vikings and the 49ers. And, and in many ways, they're kind of very similar in the way they're playing at the moment. They're up one week, they're down the next few weeks ago. It looked like the 49ers had a great chance of beating the Cardinals. They slipped up in that game, then they come back and beat the Rams. You don't know what you're getting from them one week to the next. But as Colm said, it looked like they were starting to get on a bit of a run. And now they go to Cincy next week, which is a difficult game more so now because they'll be looking to rebound and keep up with teams winning that division. So interestingly how they react next week. Uh, yeah, decent few weeks to the Bengals. They have that next week. They have the, they have the Broncos in Mile High the week after. So they have the two big games for them as well. They'll be trying to win both of them. Uh, Travis Homer was exciting for me oh, for yeah. Seattle. Yeah. But I, uh, this might sound mad. I genuinely thought Adrian Peterson had maybe 50. Like, I know he didn't. He only had 16 yards rushing, right? It seemed like he was more effective in the game. He was effective in those second, third down situations at the goal line. Got a touchdown, rolling back the years. Uh, but... I just find that Seattle had that much flexibility. You're talking Lockett, Metcalf, Eskridge, loads of different guys. I left Lockett on the bench. Uh, I'm away to cry. Good luck. I don't want to talk about it. Fair, look, fair play to Seattle. Seattle four and eight. Maybe they might. Maybe they might say. Uh, do you reckon Mark might come on in a few minutes then, Brian, after the Arsenal game, or what's the? Uh, I haven't heard from you, man. You're not in, uh, in contact. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, Colin, that result. <laughs> oh, fair, fair play at the weekend. You had the, 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 the moment for Washington football team. Uh, it, it, Taylor Heineke. Sign him up. What did Rio Ferdinand do in BT Sports? How long do you want your contract to be? How much do you, you want? You want him? Jesus, Colin, Colin wanted him. I mean, removed from Mile High in last month and and, and fell to the Wolves. <laughs> uh, to, well, the thing is, the game as in for a neutral. I know, like Brian, you're not a neutral. But sorry, you got beat yesterday with the Raiders, but that was a joke. But the game is so entertaining. Like even at the end, you weren't sure what was going to happen, and really enjoyable game. Uh, Hunter Renfro had over 100 yards and didn't score a touchdown. Derek Carr didn't throw a touchdown, 249 yards passing, no interceptions, 28-38. But Colin, what a win for Washington in a low-scoring game. It, do you know what? It was probably the most, for me, it was the most entertaining game. It was the most entertaining game of the day. I really enjoyed watching it. Um, well, it's the second time, second week in a row they've won 17-15. And in fairness, I think a lot of credit has to go to Riverboat Ron because they were awful against the, the Broncos. And then they went to the bye. He said that he would address every aspect of the team top to bottom. He said every single position would be in play and he would look at it. And I think he's come up with a much better plan for Heineke. 
they're gone aren't the you know taking the the shots it's all kind of shorter stuff if you look at at what he did yesterday it was all short yardage stuff they're not asking him to do too much but it's it's a team that's really come together and that's why i thought they would win their their team spirit i mean in fairness to to ron he um he he really has built it up and i we talked about it with Cynthia. I asked her about like they've lost their two premier rushers, but the team has come together. And um, I, I'm interested to see, I suppose, in terms of Chase Young, how he will come back next year, because this is a guy who didn't, um, you know, missed a lot, missed some of training camp because he was modeling and he said, well, you got to get the dollars. And I, I wonder what did that attitude kind of seep into because they were so disappointing. Whereas now we're seeing the Washington defense that we expected a much more together team. The Raiders, well, look, they've had their, their issues uh, throughout the, the season. And look, I think this is the reality of, of Derek Carr in at the Raiders. Certainly um, he's at times he's, he's fantastic. And, but I, I just don't think he, he can take you over the hump when the pressure is on, when the expectations are there, they're at home. It's a game that they're favored for. I, I still have concerns about um, Derek Carr in that situation. Um, I think he, he can be a, a very capable um, game manager. And hey, for, for the Broncos, he's probably ahead of what we have. But I don't think he's capable of, of taking that jump into the like upper echelons of QBs in um, the NFL. And I think ultimately that's the difference maker in this league. I'm not sure what the Raiders were doing on that last drive when they got the ball back after the field goal. And kudos to the to the kudos to that kicker for coming in because they, they had 14 inches and a lot of people felt that they would have gone for it, you know. And obviously taking taking the 14 inches, get the fourth down and allow them a more manageable field goal. He kicks a 42 yarder. And then the next drive, check downs when you're trying to get down the field to, to get a field goal. The, the one prior to that, actually, you know, I, I don't know if you're going to agree, but I thought it was a poor call, but it's the referees. Bearing in mind what we saw in that Raiders-Dallas game last week, where the long ball from Carrie man was clearly held back, by, and the referee missed it. It was ironic, though, because they were robbed against Dallas. Sorry, Dallas were robbed against the Raiders, in my opinion. And then the Raiders were well, robbed. It's, it's a different, it's a different set of uh, refereeing officials. Like it's the same. I know, I know. The same group that obviously do each game every week. But yeah, I suppose a lot of averages throughout the season they tend to come. You know, you get some, you lose them. So it pretty much played out that way. But we've seen this from the Raiders this season. As Colin said, when they're favourites and the expectations are at home, they're at home to the Bears. They lost, and they're at home yesterday. And I didn't see yesterday's game as a massive shock. I mean, going into the game. By the time the game started, the line was a point in terms of the Raiders were minus one point. So it was very much a kind of a, a pick em type of game. So I didn't see it as a massive shock because Washington had been playing so well. They actually remind me, albeit, you know, you're saying with Chase Young not being there, but they're reminding me of where they were this time last year in terms of they were getting momentum at the right time. Went on a run. Obviously, the division last year was a lot, you know, wasn't as competitive. But they're playing the Cowboys this weekend at home. And if they were to beat the Cowboys this weekend, they're only one game behind. And I think, and they still, and they have to play them again before the season season's out. So, where it looked like for a long time this division, we were saying this division's going to be sewn up, and the Cowboys will be taking the foot off the gas. It's far from it now. And if Washington, you know, right now it's hard to call which which way that game will go the weekend. Really exciting end of the season in the NFC. Looking forward to it. Uh, next game we're going to look at is Sunday Night Football. Uh, the Chiefs beat the Broncos 22-9. Broncos fall in six and six. Chiefs eight and four. Statistically, the worst. 
uh, passer rating games for both Teddy Bridgewater and Patrick Mahomes over their career. Patrick Mahomes, 15 for 29, 184 yards, one interception, no passing touchdowns, not on to Kelsey. Kelsey finished on 27 yards. Uh, so the Broncos defense done its job, but on, uh, well, not, I just take my hat off here. Not unfortunately. Colin, the Broncos couldn't get it done against the Chiefs. And we've seen it, uh, Brian, against your Giants as well. You know, the Chiefs, if your defense is good, and if you have a half decent offense, that team is there for the taking. What do you think, Colin? Um, uh, where where do you start if you're the the Broncos? Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater wasn't good enough. Simple as that. Teddy Bridgewater isn't um, good enough. He's not a he's not a franchise QB, and then people know that. And yeah, you can have a go at Pat Shermer as well. Absolutely. Um, Pat Shermer is probably not up to to play calling the stuff he calls when he calls behind the sticks when you're on third down and eight and he calls for a five-yard pass. Uh, absolutely. But um, neither Teddy Bridgewater nor, Big Fan, or nor Pat Shermer were um, with the Broncos in 2019 when they scored three points in Arrowhead. Um, and... and last night's performance was very reminiscent of the Broncos last year in Arrowhead. Yeah, they got 16 points, but they two, threw two interceptions. And again, it was the same. The Broncos have held the um, the Chiefs in check. They 22-23. But ultimately, Vic Fangio has lost five games against the Chiefs. Uh, and it's the last night was the third time in those five losses that the the Broncos have failed to score at least 10 points. They have failed to get into di double digits on three of those occasions. Now, Vic Fangio is a great defensive mind, but Vic Fangio is not hired as the defensive coordinator of the Denver Broncos. He's hired to be the head coach of the Denver Broncos. Uh, who, who, who enjoyed, like outside of Chiefs fans, who enjoyed that game last night? Who, who enjoyed watching that type of football? Raiders and Chargers fans. But yes, I, I agree. I agree. What, why? The, we're, the Broncos aren't a, aren't a threat to the, That's a good point. Yeah. the, yeah. the Raiders or, or the Chargers. So I can't imagine they would have enjoyed watching it. The other things, Tom McMahon's um, high calls fans. You'll, you'll remember Tom McMahon from his time <laughs> up there. His special teams units continue to be utterly, utterly embarrassing. Um, be, be it muff punts, be it allowing, almost giving away block field goals. Where, where do you want to start? The only positive for the Broncos was Javante Williams, who was absolutely outstanding. He's, he's a great uh, young running back. And um, that was, that was the, the one positive I think the Broncos can take from last night's game outside of, yeah, the defense was good, but the defense is very highly paid, very highly regarded. We know the defense should be good. Brian, I can't wait to see who's going to win the West because, you know, if the Chargers were to sneak in the first by the end of the season, you know, surely, Brian, if you are a head coach in the AFC with a good defense and, and a good offense, you must look at this Kansas City team and think we can take them. There's been teams that have won Super Bowls based on defenses, as you as you know well, from, from five or six years ago. Right now, we've, we, we now have to recognize the fact it's not the Chiefs team of old. It's a different Chiefs team that we're dealing with now. And this Chiefs team will, for me, inevitably win the division and it'll be because of the defense. When we did the preview of this game, I said that I felt that it would be a comfortable enough win for the Chiefs because I felt defensively they would be able to manage Teddy Bridgewater. And that's essentially how it played out. Yeah, Mahomes hasn't 
got a go in the season and maybe he maybe he won't get a go. Maybe he'll get it going during the playoffs. But right now he doesn't have to. He's in a situation where that defense has rebounded very well from the first five or six games where they were, let us be honest, they were shambles at that stage of the season. They were giving up an average of 34 points a game. But whatever's happened in the first few times it worked, we said, ah, oh, look, they're playing against, they're not playing against strong opposition. But look, it's working for them at the moment. And um, it's hard to, like, you, Colin, sorry, on the special teams, when I watched the game, I watched the game this morning, I did not know the score. The minute I saw that, I actually thought back to the situation in the Ravens game. If you remember, just before half time, I think there was like 30 seconds, and the special teams allowed like a 60, 70 yard run. It's just every time. It's like when they go to punt, when there's a punt coming, or they're either returning or the other way around, your, your, heart, your heart's in your mouth because you just don't know what's going to come. Mm-hmm. Sure, we're on that 4 and 2. I mean, 20, 20 plays in that drive to come away with no points. That's demoralizing. That to me, that's when the game was you just knew how the game was going to go. I would have taken the field goal at that stage. You know, you can't walk away from a drive where you've taken up so much time on the clock and 20 and, and not come away with points. And, and why at that stage of the game, the game wasn't gone, it wasn't the situation we need. And Schumer's calling the four and two sorry, a run play and a four and two when it's completely when you can see there's five or six guys in the box and it's completely stacked. So run against us if you want, you're not going to be able to beat us. Anyway, I, you know my troubles with Pat Shore, but uh, look, he's only your coordinator, not your head coach. But right now, I don't think it'd make any difference the way you feel about your current head coach. I'm I'm very open minded. I think you know there, there's no point in me losing my, my head over this. Uh, I watched the game this morning up at six o'clock and watched it. Delighted, best decision ever. I'm not trying to rub that in, Colin. Just I really needed to do that. I'm going to do that tonight as well. So if anybody texts me, my data will be off. Uh, so you're obviously watching the game. I watched every play, fast forward through the breaks for me. The situation with, uh, you know, obviously it's 10 3. You've got 30 seconds left. You, you know, you've got a field, you've got a field goal opportunity there. We've got a kicker that can kick it for 60 or 70 yards. Maybe or attempted. Uh, the game was sitting 13, 13 to 3 at the end of the third quarter. So, you know, we can sit here and we can talk about the Chiefs defense and all that. That's great. But I mean, for me, um, half decent offense would have won this game last night. It is what it is, and I'm sure Mahomes will turn it on in a stretch. And congrats, congrats to KC in the win. I have to give it to him. Michael, we've said that about numerous games with the Chiefs this season. We said that when the Packers went in, and the Packers had um, love playing quarterback. The Packers should have walked away from that game. Chiefs defense won it. Said the same team with frustration when the Giants played really well in our head, but defensively, the Chiefs snuffed them out. You know, a bit of breaking news, and it's not Mark, by the way. Hi, Mark. Uh, Keenan Allen has been placed on the COVID 19 list. That's good. That means, that, that means the Giants were only lose by 10 this weekend as opposed to 20. <laughs> Ju- just in, 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 fairness, in fairness to that Chiefs defense, they and granted it was Jordan Love, but they held the Packers to seven, they held the Cowboys to nine, yeah. and they held the Broncos yeah. to nine. I mean, like five games can, that are under 20 points they've conceded i think yeah yeah they won six out of seven games they're back in firing form and yet two people on this show picked the broncos to win that game delusional boys delusional no, i thought play. here 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 i i thought i genuinely like i thought the broncos to score more than nine points more i thought if we get to 20 or so we have a chance and i'll be honest i'm not i'm not having a pop but <laughs> I'm trying to be objective on this. From what I've seen from the Broncos this season, it's boom or bust. You've come out with some amazing wins, like against the Cowboys and stuff. But genuinely, after the first two drives, I, I thought the game was done. Broncos' offense looked awful, and the Chiefs' offense put seven points on the board. And I was like, this game is done. 
Okay. It's overproofed. Anyway. Well, one thing though, Mark, the the running back who had the most yards from scrimmage in week 13 does up to this point. I mean, maybe tonight, who knows, oh. given the conditions, but who do you know who that was? Was he a player on a team that's only six and six and out of the playoff spots? It, that it is oh, okay. player, a player who who was who was dismissed on this show just a couple of weeks ago, Javante oh, Williams, yeah. in his yeah, in his one, first start. Get the one, popcorn. One get the popcorn out. Mark's back. Are we done? Yeah. Done. <laughs> who the Chiefs got next week? Is Mark yards on the ground? Oh yeah, I know. Se- the Chiefs have to play the Chargers and they play the Broncos again. They play the Chiefs have to play the Raiders, the the Chargers, the Steelers, the Bengals, and the Broncos. So, well, James, I'm gonna. Uh, you may have already discussed this, but for me, the most fascinating thing. Well, not the, the most one of the fascinating things is how about the race for the number one seed in the AFC now? The Chiefs don't have a particularly threatening stretch. The Titans have the easiest stretch of all. I think they've only got to play the Steelers as the only team that's 500 or above. But of course, they're down Derek Henry and haven't looked great the last couple of weeks. The Bills and the Pats could level each other off. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be tight. But the Chiefs actually are probably in a real prime position. I mean, the Ravens obviously lost, and they've got a killer stretch in the AFC North. The Ravens' um, offense is broken at the moment. Just I think that Chiefs' schedule is difficult. I, I really, I, I'm taking my hat off here. I like, I think you know, you have three, you have three division games. You got the Steelers. You know, we can talk about the Steelers a different time. But like the Bengals, like you're looking at teams like the Chargers are going to be going for everything in that game. The Raiders need to win after yesterday, and I mean, the Broncos are probably. You know, well, I mean, the bed, it's, but, it's, yeah. it's fascinating any way you look at it, and, and like Brian just said, the Broncos, uh, sorry, the Ravens' offense. I mean. I think they've scored under 20 points in the last five games yeah. as well. So it's there is definitely no champion. There's no leader of the gang in the AFC anyway, which still explains how the Houston Texans were the first team to be eliminated from the playoffs. Actually, that's the only team so far in the entire NFL that is eliminated from playoff contention. The Lions can still technically qualify for the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, because they because it's it still remains an absolute shambles, and the the NFL and nobody wants to deal with the Deshaun Watson situation, which still hangs around like a bad smell. Yes, uh, love in the comments, folks. I appreciate it. Mark the Vikings cockroach. Was that last one there? The Sorry, cockerel. I missed it. I just love how Mark pops up tonight at all nights. Welcome in. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Baltimore Ravens twenty to nineteen. Uh, Tony Romo wise, <laughs> whenever he said go over two, and he didn't really mean it, and then he actually did. Uh, who watches The Simpsons here? You know, whenever a poo was like, What were you thinking? I was literally sitting going, Like, like I, I, I get the guts, I get the ballsy call. Um, Pittsburgh get the win, big Ben, two touchdowns, 236 yards. Lamar Jackson, did he have three or how many interceptions did they have yesterday? Oh, no, just, just the one. Just the one. It looked though, Colin, in the first quarter, he was going to throw at least two or three, but he he balanced it. Uh, but he relied on Devonta Freeman big time yesterday. I think. Yeah, but I suppose that's what the in fairness, that's what they're they're known for. I thought the the Ravens came out and like the their defense in particular in that first half was was very good, um, and the the Steelers came um, more into it. But for look, this game it. It's about TJ Watt. Like, what, talk about a masterclass. Like, I mean, re- re- realistically, you are talking about TJ Watt 
um, or Micah Parsons for uh, Defensive Player of the Year. And that's saying something with, with Micah Parsons, not just rookie, I think, defensive player. But what, what talk about responding to um, Parsons. He was he was fantastic. He he was the reason the Steelers won that game. Um, he he has 20, 12 pressures, um, I think, which is uh, the highest uh, all season. Six QB hits, three and a half sacks, and obviously on the the two point play. The the two point play. I mean, um, you know, <laughs> it was interesting because Har Harbaugh. You expect him. He's he that to go for something like that. Um, Tomlin is known as possibly being the most conservative coach in the game. And then after afterwards in the press conferences, uh, Tomlin said, "Well, we know we know that they rely on analytics and they're aggressive. So in that way, they're predictable, and we knew what to expect." Um, you can say that when you've uh, snuck a win, I think. But in fairness to Tomlin, he finds a way to to do it. Uh, Deontay Johnson was very good for for the Steelers as well. For the Ravens, losing Humphrey, awful, awful loss um, on a season where they've had so many injuries. It's going to be really tough uh, for for them, but put nothing past them. But yeah, for for the Steelers, for me, it's about watching what TJ Watt can do over the course of the rest of the season. This this is kind of like when the Broncos were, you know, Von Miller was trailblazing through the playoffs. This is can TJ Watt put the franchise on his back and lead them to the playoffs? Um, I didn't agree with them going for the two point. I felt they were better served going to overtime and hoping that your kicker, who's arguably one of the best kickers in the league, gets an opportunity to kick you a winning field goal. But I can understand, having looked at it today, you know, in more detail, I can understand his, I suppose, his logic, because the the defense, sorry, the offense didn't play well throughout the game. So he probably felt if they got the ball, would they be able to move it? And then, as Collins noted, Humphrey was gone, probably their best cornerback. And then the other cornerback on the other side was in and out of the game, um, for large parts, because I think he was suffering with an illness or something like that. So he probably felt that the Steelers got the ball, haven't been able to move it more so in the fourth quarter, would they have got the ball back anyway to have a chance? And that was probably the logic. Let's just, we have an opportunity now to win it. Let's go and win it. But what I felt was, and I said at the column today when we had a brief chat about it, that it's the game, the significance of the game. It's a divisional game. It's They're going for the number one seed. Um, it's not like a situation towards the back end of the season where you have nothing to play for and you'll go for two points and try to win a game to get everybody off the field. You know, they could end up losing out to the number one seed by a game. And a lot of Ravens fans will look back and say, this is the game that we, if only we had went to overtime and won it, we'd be the number one seed as opposed to going on the road during the playoffs. Look, it'll all play itself out, but I didn't I didn't understand the logic in it because Big Ben, it's not like you were going up against, well, I won't say Paddy Mahomes because Michael doesn't think he can go up and down the field anymore, Aaron Rodgers. So um, he probably, you know, it wasn't like they were going up against a top, top-tier quarterback now. Looks like say, Big Ben's going to retire at the end of this season. I would have taken me chance gone to overtime. But yeah, yeah. I, Tomlin, he finds ways. He's that's that's why he's such a great head coach in the league. I I've never said that about Patrick Mahomes. I'm sure he'll do it next week. It just on top of stats this this season so far. I'm sure he'll do it in the playoffs, as you said. Uh, and their defense is 85 bears, going by what we've all talked about here. You did mention that about Big Ben. Uh Mark, we had a show pre-recorded on that on Saturday night. One thing we didn't get to mention that came out on Saturday night was that Big Ben news. Uh, Big Ben saying last night that he uh, he hasn't talked to anybody. Do you think that's bull, or do you think it's all written in the stars? 
Uh, I don't know. Ben's turned into the uh, Monday version of Brett Favre the last while. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, oh, I'm not coming back. Oh, I'm coming back. Oh, I'm not coming back. Oh, convince me. Oh, I'll come back then if you must. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, it comes a bit of a drama with him. The reality is the last two years, he's never been the most mobile quarterback, and that's saying something. Um but he's looked old. I mean, we said actually in the game earlier this season, Brady looked old. You know, you think about Big Ben, though, outside of Brady, who who were his contemporaries? Philip Rivers and Eli Manning. They've both retired the last couple of years. I mean, it is still a young man's game in, inherently. He is very old in terms of quarterback terms. And for the most part, he looks it on the field. I, I think it's actually real this year. And that's going to put the Steelers in a bit of disarray because... I'm not sure Mason Rudolph's the answer. I don't think they've got the solution therefore on their roster and they have to adapt pretty uh, rapidly uh, during the draft or indeed they could be a player in free agency now um, for someone. Um, but it does feel like it's coming to the end of a line. It does feel like the Steelers probably need to reset a little bit there. And yeah, uh, I, you don't really see him having much more gas left in the tank. Um, but whether it's all just an elaborate chase me, no, don't chase me, chase me, don't chase me, you know, we'll, we'll see as the rest of the season unfolds. Last night, Ben didn't do anything until the fourth quarter. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, I'm going to wake up. But in conversely, you can say the same about the Ravens. Until the last drive, last two minutes, Lamar Jackson didn't look like he was going to do anything. Yes, Mark Andrews dropped a few passes and didn't help him out. But that Steelers defense did put him in check. And the Steelers have been not great for the last few weeks but it's the Steelers Ravens it's always going to be tight it's always going to be tense Tomlin and Harbour now have faced off the third most times in NFL history out of head coaches matchups um Shula uh I think I can't remember actually the other two at the top of my head but they, they know each other inside now it's now 15 and 15 I think overall or 15-15-1. I think there might have been a time there, but it's dead tight. So you knew it was going to be close. And yeah, Brian, I get your point on the two-pointer. I didn't mind the two-point call. They've done nothing on offense all game. They've got a chance to walk off with the, the win. The Ravens have pulled a few out of the bag the last while, and maybe he thought it was going to roll the dice and get one more out of it. Um, but like I say, they're 8-4 and four now. Patriots are 8-4. Titans are 8-4. Chiefs are 8-4. Roll on the intrigue the last five weeks of the season. Love and I tied this. Uh, yeah, I think John was just trying to show his brother up after a good weekend from Michigan. Uh, oh, as I missed a bit of the start, like, I mean, do people in Michigan, are they still alive? Because not only did Michigan make the final four at last, but the Lions won? Like, seriously, it was like, oh, I know, it's I know. a couple of months. Let's see what happens. Um, Michigan play Georgia. Yeah, have I got that correct? And Alabama, so, yeah, Michigan, Georgia, Cincinnati, Florida, Alabama for the Irish NFL show college football special New Year's Eve live at 5 p.m. That was a joke. Uh, Lamar Jackson has got 16 touchdowns, 13 interceptions so far this season. Granted, he hasn't played all these games so far this season. That is almost half his total interceptions in his career so far. Uh, just merely saying that, I'm gonna move on. Uh, shout out to, I, I know Mark Hogan was at the Cardinals game at the weekend in Soldier Field. Uh, I think the scoreline is generous. 33-22. Uh, shoot me down for saying that, but Colin, I mean, this this wasn't a contest, was it? 
Chicago. Oh yeah, I, I for a for a, a split second, Michael, I thought you meant generous to to the uh, cards. Um, no, this this wasn't a contest uh, in any way, shape, or form. Andy Dalton had a, a nightmare. Um, <laughs> you know that he just was horrific. Now he wasn't helped, and some Bears fans don't like this, but he was not helped by that O line. Which is terrible. I should, that's great. It can block for running. That is fantastic. But the whole thing about the Bears this season was it was supposed to be about developing a young QB who's now out with rib injuries, which we still don't know was it one hit or was it an accumulation of hits. Now, if it's an accumulation of hits, that tells you all you need to know about this O line. That tells you all need to know about the front office and the head coach and what they constructed to develop their young QB. No, this was not a contest um, yesterday. I mean, the, the cards were in control the, the whole time. Um, and it, like Kyler Murray, it, it's hilarious to watch him and he kind of just puts the hand up and will he throw it? No, he just walks it in a, again. The Bears, the, the best thing about the Bears is David Montgomery, who is a fantastic runner um, and has kind of taken over from Alan, Iver, um, Alan Robinson as the uh, Alan Iverson. Uh, Alan Iverson. Ro- Jesus Al- Christ. Alan Robinson as the, um, the, the focal point of their offense. He'd do a better job than Alan Robinson at the moment. Um, well, he's, he's, been, he's been out injured. Um, it, the, look, who who is counting down the end of the, the season the the quickest? Is it the the Texans? Is it the Jags? Or is it the Bears? Because I, I think realistically, the the fan base that most wants rid of their head coach is the Bears. And and imagine you can throw in the GM Ryan Pace on top of that, um, uh, Colin, because like you'd have to question who's making the decision on the next head coach and will the fans be happy that if it's still Pace, he's the one because at this stage, I don't think they have any faith in him. Colin and Murray, we touched on it, you know, it's kind of worked out very well for the Cards. That's seven row wins in a row and they won a lot of games when he was out that we probably felt that they wouldn't be caught McCoy's quarterback, but he looked back to himself yesterday, threw for two touchdowns, ran into, and he only threw for 123 yards in the game. When you're looking at it, when it was popping back in in our red zone, we were seeing particular plays and it looked like he was having a great day. He was quite conservative, really, in the end. But that's because James Conner had a great game running the ball, and the Bears couldn't stop him. I think he ran something in the region of 140, and he scored touchdowns. It's a nice win for the Cards, who have the Rams this week, and for the Bears, yeah, I mean, where do they go? There's no re- Where's the rebuild start? Because we know that they're down on picks next year in this draft because they went all in on Justin Fields. It's, it's hard to see how it's going to be a long struggle for the Bears in this offseason. Uh Donde es la biblioteca? Uh, Cuanto vale dos cervezas, por favor? Sorry, sorry, I'm just practicing my uh, Spanish because I'm auditioning for the Bears offensive line to be a matador, to just let things flow straight by and just wave a cape at them as they go past. Yeah, I was going to get there. I was going to get there eventually. But (laughs) basically, to Colm's point about how bad the O-line has been, it has been abysmal all year. We talked about the... I suppose the infamous game when Justin Fields threw ultimately for a net seven yards in the entire game, was it minus seven yards in the entire game? Um, You can't, you know, I'm not sure Justin Fields is the answer. I'm not sure there is an answer, however, given what they're putting out there on an O-line to try to protect the passes. Andy Dalton is not uh, a savant. He is not Aaron Rodgers. He is not Tom Brady. He's not Patrick Mahomes. not one of the greatest quarterbacks 
in the NFL. He is, however, a very decent functional quarterback if you give him time and you give him uh, just a little bit of protection. Zero, less than zero. I mean, obviously, the interceptions um, were uh, like gifted. Some of, them were, some of them were very bad, Mark. Some of them were, bad, some of them were very bad throws. But frankly, I would be petrified in his shoes having to stand behind that line just wondering where the next hit's coming from. So I, I'm not going to forgive him necessarily, but I'm just going to comment on just how bad it is. I mean, the only good thing for the Bears is at least they weren't the worst AFC North team yesterday. Um, the Vikings and the soon-to-be-departed Mike Zimmer definitely take that trophy from them, at least for one week. Um, but, you know, on the other side of the coin, Cards first team to 10 wins with the Rams drop off last while they actually have a bit of breathing room there in the NFC West, which is nice for them uh, and it's nice for their positioning for the number one seed, the only one that gets a buy, of course. Um, so good for them to stay on track uh, and good to start getting people back healthy. Kyler, DeAndre looking back closer to themselves every week, which is good to see. Next up for the Bears, Sunday Night Football. <laughs> Jesus, what? Oh, Sunday night football fans, you got the Broncos offense and the Bears how offense. How's that, how that not flexed? Andy know, Dalton would have done better than Teddy Bridgewater last night. I know it's a big rivalry, but how's that game not flexed? Seriously. Because Andy, they... Dal Andy Dalton had the fifth four interception game of his 150 game career fifth four interception game and that, that the, and the Bears still scored 22 points they did um but as as we have discussed the broncos uh, scored three points at arrowhead just two years ago okay and then the Bears have the Vikings one of the football uh and look it's all not bad news for the Bears or da Bears Tevin Jenkins should play at some point before 2034. Let's move on. Um, oh, sorry, Michael, one last thing you asked, who wants the season to end quickest? I actually think Giants fans do because they still have the Bears' number one pick, so they're quite happy with how things are, are going. So That's, one that's our next game. Uh, the Dolphins beating the Giants 20-9. Tua Taglio... I can't. I'm going to have to return that. That's their name. Tua Taglio... Taglio... <laughs> 30-41, 244 yards, two touchdowns. Miles Gaskin, 44 yards rushing. Jalen Waddle leading the receiving for the day. Uh, but Mac Collins and Isaiah Ford get the touchdowns. Collective day, collectively, they had seven yards. The Mike Lennon had 187 yards. One, one interception. Saquon Barkley had an average of five yards on a rush. And I don't know if anything else to say about this game, Colin. Do you want to talk about it or? Um, the, the Giants feel very much like the Broncos, um, a, a head coach who is, you know, has a reputation, um, for, for being very competent and certain aspects of the game. But then you look at that offense and Peter King pointed it out today. So late in the third quarter, Giants had the ball, uh, Glennon takes 13 yard sack. Giants take a timeout to avoid a delay game penalty and Glennon gets a seven yard sack. Giants take a delay of game penalty. It's third and 33. The Giants call a run, a gain of 13. I mean, if that doesn't sound like Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer, I don't know what does. And it's similar sorts of questions. I mean, they, ne next week, um, they, they, it looks like they'll be without Jones and Glennon. Um, so what is the, the Giants' cue, you know, 
what is the Andy their, Dalton? Andy Dalton. No, they'll, Andy ha, they'll have Jake from. They'll have uh, him, him in there. But it will. What's their long term answer at, at QB? Um, and and just in terms of scoring points, I mean the defense kind of does an okay job. Although you'd have to say for the the Dolphins, um, you know they having been what one and seven, they're now six and seven, and Tua. With all that talk about the Deshaun Watson stuff, has really come alive after the injury. He he has learned in terms of a bad O line. Just get rid of it as uh, as quickly as you possibly can. But he is very fortunate. He has Jalen Waddle, who has been absolutely outstanding, um, has been really fantastic. And you have to take your your hats off to to the Dolphins and to to Flores. Um, I, I expected them to to be in the playoffs in at the before the season began. Then all hope looked lost. But all of a sudden they are they're really in form. And you'd have to say, I mean, we're talking about the Ravens' offense being all at sea. Brian Flores may have developed the the blueprint as to how you go about, um, you know, taking on the the Ravens. I have a very quick point, Brian. Uh, it's a bold prediction for me, and it does represent your Giants. Daniel Jones won't play again this season. I think we're being told none. I don't think he'll play again this season. And maybe that might be good for him the rest of the been talking about it last week, Michael. He's not going to play but they said But they said he'd be back next week. Adam Schefter just said they hope he won't miss too much time. I don't think he'll play again this season. He's not going to play again this season. Not a chance. He had, They haven't even got a proper evaluation on the injury. Um, he's definitely not playing this weekend. Glenn is definitely not playing this weekend. Um, I'm not, I don't want to get into the quarterback situation. I actually want to, like, fairness to the defense, I said in the show that I feel sorry for the defense because the defense has got it has got sacked together over the past while. And, like, with 10 minutes to go in the game, they'd only given up 10 points. You know, if your defense is holding teams to 10 points in the fourth quarter, you'd like to think your offense would be able to do enough to win the game. Glennon played with a concussion in the second half, and they didn't even know it. And then you've got Judge coming out after the game saying, I saw great strides with players today, and offense did this. He's completely... Well, he's bonkers. He's absolutely bonkers. I think everybody's had enough from now at this stage because he's just coming out with this constant stuff. It's just you're listening to the same riff raff every week. Um, they need to clean house completely. Um, riff raff. But he's coming out and saying after the game, I saw I saw um, really good things in the offense and how they played. They scored three field goals in the game. What is he? What's he talking about? You know, they, we were saying on the show the weekend the Dolphins. Offense last week scored 28 points against the Panthers defense, which are, a lot of people feel is a really good defense. And would they be able to live with them? But they live with them in terms of keeping them, you know, to 10 points with 10 minutes to go. And even the field goal at the end was in kind of garbage time field goal that the Dolphins got. So, you know, they were running the clock. The, the Giants pulled timeouts, held them up, and they kicked the field goal. So, you know, the touchdown they got was just before half time. Keith if you're a defensive player, you, you must be saying, what is the point? Sorry, Brian. Apologies. I'm going to jump in. No, you're all right. Go on. Uh, apologies. Sorry. Uh, Keith was saying about Dublin locations. Keith, uh, Belfast, Lavery's, we'll probably be open in June 2022. And if not, the woolshed is a very good. I'm sure Brian will come down for that and wear his fins up shirt. Mark, any last words on the Dolphins against the Giants? Have you anything to add to that conversation? Um, the Dolphins, I think, became the sixth team in NFL history to go from one and seven to six and seven. They are seven in a row or five in a row, five in a row, five in a row. Uh, they are remarkably very much a part of the playoff picture. Um, they've got a shot at the wild card, that's very real. Um, shot they do still have to play the Pats and the Bills, obviously, later in, and the season's not the nicest of run ins, but 
they've got a legitimate shot, which is why when we were talking about, you know, the London game and various games they threw away earlier in the season, it looked, and the Falcons game looked so depressing for them in many respects. Um, but they're there and thereabouts. Flores is writing the ship to, uh, is to, uh, um, still not convinced, but yes, we're talking about bad offensive lines. I definitely think the Miami's qualifies as a bad offensive line. And Brian, the Giants, even when we were praising Daniel Jones earlier in the season, saying, hey, you know, okay, I can start to see he's probably put together a couple of the best games he's had in a while. They've had five games this season where they've scored more than 20 points. Yeah, I know. Five out of 12, more than 20 points. I mean, Garrett paid for it with his job. Judge, I think it's inevitable. He's got to go. I think Gesselman's got to go, and they've got a clean house. Again, the only question for the Giants is how do they avoid continuing in this cycle like the other New York uh, team, uh, the Jets, uh, in this regard? Um, because it does seem a bit of a downward spiral. Look, I don't want to dive on it. They're having another poor season. They still need to reset and hopefully regenerate things. But I like Joe Judge as a coach. I remember him from New England days. He was a, you know, he's a very intelligent guy, but it's just not working. Um, the question is, what will? Can I just say a few more points? And I, like, I know people are bored and stuff on the Giants. But, so this weekend, Jake Fromm is going to play quarterback who signed off the practice squad from the Bills. Fifth round pick last year in the 2020 draft. He was the fourth quarterback on the, the Bills roster. Mitch Trubisky, two. Davis Webb, three. And he was the fourth. So that shows where he, how his career has gone. And uh, was Jason Garrett really the problem? Because the offense in the last two games has actually looked worse since he's left. So was he masking over some of the issues in terms of what he was playing play on? And Judge, I mean, what he's saying, and unless he's coming out publicly and just saying things to keep, you know, not to be throwing people under the bus, but what he's coming out with and what everybody's seeing on television are two very different things. So, yeah, I, I just think it's time to move. You can't do one without the other because it just starts the cycle again, as you said, Mark, of GM comes in who didn't pick the head coach and so on and just goes around in circles. You're better off cleaning the house and having a fresh start. Yeah. yeah. And actually, Michael, to close out, I think it's, sorry, the Dolphins have played the Bills twice already. I think it's Jets, Saints, Titans, and Pats. They still have the Titans and the Pats, I meant to say. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, things will get better for Giants soon. I, I, I really do believe that. Uh, AOB. I am going to look at Garner. I'm going to look at the Eagles. 33 18 against the Jets. Garner Minshew. What a G. What an OG. What a man. 242 yards. Had a perfect game for a point, 20 for 25 attempts, two touchdowns. But Kenneth Gainwell, what a name for uh running back. 54 yards on the day, but he was the backup running back going into it until Sanders went down towards the end, injured a touchdown on the day as well. Uh, Eagles improving the six and seven. Colin, who have you got? Um, yeah, uh, look, he started off very well, but the second half, he he was uh, not existent. I guess they relied on the the you know the run game, um, and we saw he's he he will he will be in Andrew Brandt's um, business hall of fame. I I guarantee that one when the the time comes. Uh, the the Bucks and and Brady. There is nobody nobody who is as good at exploiting a weakness as Ta Thomas Brady. The Falcon secondary is horrific. And Brady said, we're just not going to run the ball. I'm just going to throw it. And Lenny, you're going to continue with this pass catching thing that you uh, 
done. One-handed catch, Lenny. Playoff, Lenny showed up early. Uh, just to give you a, a stat um, as well on, on Brady, don't let him get to the red zone. Since he arrived at the box, including the playoffs, inside the red zone, he has 60 touchdowns and zero interceptions. I'll go with the Rams. I mean, it was a comfortable win yesterday, but I still didn't feel they were... It's strange. You're saying they weren't convincing. The score was so dominant to be look at it, but for large parts of the game, Matthew Stafford looked a bit off, you know, didn't seem to be getting things going again with Cup and stuff. And um, I'm just not convinced in the long run this team is going to... Like Marcus already alluded to the fact that the cards have the have the uh, the run on them in terms of looking a couple of games ahead of them when they play to the next Monday night. So if the if the cards were to beat them at home, essentially eliminates their chance of winning the division. And then if they go on the road in the playoffs, I'm not convinced. For a team that we all felt were at the very early stage of the season, we're probably one of the main ones in terms of potentially going to the Super Bowl. Right now, I don't think it's gonna happen. The feeling that you have about the Rams. I have a chance to. I know the Rams have the talent that they started the season off. But that exact feeling, I have a chance to. Sorry, Mark, your stage is yours. No, I'm all right, Michael. I'm just, um, I'm, I'm smiling in one sense because Gardner Minshew kept the Eagles on track. I called them a couple of weeks ago that they've got a real chance getting a wild card, and they're in that position at the moment. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady column is now up to 698 combined touchdowns, regular and postseason. So he will eclipse that magic 700 marker at some point. And on the Rams, Brian, I can't hardly, wholeheartedly agree. Why am I recapping the games you're talking about? Because the only one that's left is the Colts versus the Texans. And there ain't a whole lot to say about that. <laughs> 31 and zip. I mean, Colts took care of business. They did exactly what was expected. They got, the, they got in, they got out, they got a very comfortable win, and they kept their train very much on track. And the Texans... I mean, Brian, I hate this, but they have the exact same amount of games they've scored 20 points in than the Giants have. They've got five. The difference is, however, the Texans have six games this year where they've scored less than 10. In the modern NFL, six games. Maybe it's even seven, but it's pretty pathetic. Two the shutouts. Um, Column, I don't want to start a rant. I know you're building up, but they've still won more games than the Lions. So, you know... They did something right. Are they, they, are they a better team than the Lions? Yeah. I mean, like, it's... The, the no, are they, that, are they a better team than the Lions? Um, No, they're not a better team than the Lions. But the one thing that's kind of a bit sad is obviously David Culley waited for years for his head coaching chance. Um, it's almost patently clear they kind of brought him as an interim, you know, patsy in some respects. Um, <laughs> you wouldn't be surprised if they disposed of his services at the end of the season. Um, I don't think they would, Mark, because who was going to take that job on? Well, I mean, maybe they keep him for two years, but it's kind of like who else is going to take it type of thing. There's only 32 head coaching uh, opportunities, obviously, and I just feel he's been a bit, you know, mistreated in relation to it. I mean, it's not like it's the Mike Zimmer situation. Sorry to co get, you know, get on to Zimmer again, but Zimmer has a talented roster. Zimmer has all the capabilities and all the possibilities on offense and defense there. They just need molding. They need a good head coach. And he has been found wanting in so many uh, scenarios and so many game management, time management, play calling, you know, uh, just structure of the whole organization. 
Um, yes, I'm getting onto my rant about the Vikings and never trust them, never bet on them. I didn't bet on them. Anyone who listens to this show, just remember, proved again this week, never bet on the Vikings. But he's got to be gone so soon. Sorry. It's gone on Black Monday. This is the first show of us doing this. I don't know if it's going to work. So Mark and Brian might want to adjust their cameras correctly. Um, we, uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, It'll do. It'll do. It'll do. If I take this side thing out with the two lines, it won't be like, for example, this. <laughs> <laughs> so that would. I will do it with uh, the property. It's, it's... We'll, we'll put up with a uh, decent game. I didn't have time to edit the tonight thing, but uh, decent game tonight. We have the Buffalo Bills going up against uh, the New England Patriots, number one seed in the AFC as it stands. Are they or the Chiefs back number one? Did that change overnight? Because Mark didn't mention it, so has it changed? Pats no. are still number one. Pats still number okay. one, yeah. No, no problem. Well done for not talking about it, Mark. I know you're keeping yourself close to your chest there. But then again, your box played yesterday. Uh, this is an intriguing game because as we went on there at the start of the show, there was like ridiculous wind. We're talking storm bar best sort of stuff. But now the snow's picked up as well. So it's proper football ever. Uh, I look forward to watching this game tonight uh, at 6 a.m. recorded with the fire on and a cup of coffee. The picks are presented by Matchbook Betting Exchange. We'll talk. We'll have a little gander on the bets in a minute, maybe. But uh, I don't want to give away our picks. Colin, who'll be off of this game and why? Big game. Yeah, no, it, it should be a fascinating game between uh, these two teams. And, um, you know, I, in fairness to Mark, he can be smoked because his team sol- has seemingly solved their QB situation after just one season and made the absolute right decision to to move on from Cam. They now sit uh, atop the AFC and they're going to play the, the Bills. And look, I, both of these teams will be used to this weather, but I think this suits the Patriots down to the ground. Um, not not a team that takes particularly deep shots down downfield, and a team that has relied on its run game far more than the Bills. I would expect uh, the the Patriots to absolutely run it, it attempt certainly to run it down the the Bills' uh, throats, and um, the the Colts showed that that is possible. Um, uh, so, to me, that is that's it. This is given the conditions, and I mean, I don't know if people watching have surely seen the the tweets, the the wind. It's it's absolutely howling, howling. To snow looks more like sleet, so it's not going to be fun. Um, if if the Patriots can keep Matt Judon fit, he is having that kind of TJ Watt type, Von Miller in twenty fifteen type run where he can just wreck a game plan. I'm going to say if you allow Bill Belichick to get into this position, he doesn't tend to let it drop. It's the Patriots winning this one for me. Um, Michael, I know you'd be interested to know from a betting perspective. Um, at 7 o'clock this evening, I had a look. It was one and a half points in terms of the Bills are favourites. Now the Bills have gone to three-point favourites. I don't know if that's whether the people feel the weather will be better suited to this Bills team. And uh, I'm trying to think of a game this season. Maybe Mark will throw it out there. Where they played against the team was a running quarterback. So as good as this uh, Patriots defense has been all season, I was struggling to go through a game where they actually came up against someone who could be more dynamic in terms of not just throwing the ball, but actually being able to run and put 
the problem for the Bills is it is Josh Allen is their own game because we look at players like Singletary and it hasn't really they haven't really produced to it to the, I suppose to the effect in terms of getting the, the yards and some of the games this season where they, where they can't run the teams have doubled up and played safety cover two and stuff like that and they, they haven't been able to beat them I think it'll be a low scoring game I can see it going right into the fourth quarter um but I'm just going to side with the Bills and I it's not a true conviction I just think it's one of those games that and I actually wouldn't be surprised if then if the Patriots knocked them off when they go when they go into Foxbury and they they match the series one on one. But for me, I think the Bills will just find a way to win the game. Brian alludes to the one inherent weakness that does worry me. Um, the only time you can say the Pats have faced a real running quarterback this year, possibly Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, um, in terms of Dak's yeah. capabilities as a runner and movement in the pocket, less so than Josh Allen. I put Josh Allen in a better category as a runner. But obviously, I mean, we, we recapped what the Cowboys did to the Patriots defense that Sunday night, the most yards ever given up by Bill Belichick, uh, coach defense, only probably kept in the game through the Cowboys' sloppiness. However, the weather is not going to help the Bills in terms of how they structure their offense. Um, there is a leveler very much. Um, Carl Duggar is missing for the Patriots, a name that goes under the radar, but the Patriots, three safeties. Doug Phillips and McCordy are all over 80% of playing time. They play a three-safety look, which helps the confusion, helps the disguise a lot. And that's going to mean a few jiggery-pokery shifts in the secondary, which is always difficult to uh, deal with. Jamie Collins also coming off IR to play, so useful reinforcements in terms of a dynamic threat. But it's probably more a Jawan Bentley game in terms of trying to stop a run attack in a very murky, dirty windy and rainy kind of conditions with that in mind dawson knox and hunter henry the touchdown machines the two tight ends leading the touchdowns are going to be big threats obviously for both defenses to combine with which is why i mentioned the dugger threat an issue for the pats but do i rank damian harris and ramonde stevenson as a one-two punch over what the bills can put out there in the running game very simple answer on that is yes um they've combined for 11 touchdowns they run the ball hard um, the line has been shored up. Hopefully, Trent Brown is still good to play a right tackle. It looks better in that regard. Um, the Pats run a roll. Winning tonight doesn't seal even the division because um, they have to play again in a couple of weeks' time. And as I've said, if they finish the series one on one with the Bills, the Bills still have the tiebreaker because the Pats lost to the Dolphins earlier in the season. The Pats really need to win it. It's going to be tough. Prime time going away from home. Um, but my bet is on the run continuing and the Pats eking it out. 150 seconds, 154 seconds, and you didn't mention Mac Jones. Oh, uh, well, tonight is the birth of Mac Jones in the NFL. Welcome to the NFL, Mac Jones. Going by the weather, boys, it's like a GA Champo match on Tuesday night. Uh, <laughs> last year. Uh, Stefan Diggs completely outplayed Jackson and led the Bills to that hilarious blowout win and Bill was raging and the New England secondary, secondary wasn't great. That needs to happen again tonight to an extent, but this weather, I think, in terms of the betting, in terms of fantasy, in terms of everything, has put a marker on this game. It would not surprise me tonight if experience prevails a quarterback. I can see Josh Allen having a far better game than Mac Jones. You know, we know that Josh Allen can throw in crap conditions. Can Mac Jones? I don't know. We'll find out tonight. He doesn't stretch the field often. Uh, a wet football, heavy wins, 
static flowing fi quick five ten yard passing is only going to get you so much in this game uh it's going to be intriguing to see what the field is like upon kickoff but as of right now two and a half hours beforehand it doesn't look good and um, the bills need to stack the box and stop the run they can do that and because of that mark and boys you can play uh, that for bill. You play no, that I'm, for, I'm, I'm can, taking the under i'm taking the under you can play that for bill belichick as well if you want bill the bill makes okay a uh, 21 um, eh, 21 14 to the bills uh I'm not going to say what Brian, what Brian said. I actually thought for a second, Brian, you were going to say, "Oh, but the Patriots might win as well." I was actually going to, I was actually going to leave this, but I, I know what you mean. In two weeks' time, in, in Foxborough, have, the Bills have, have to win this game. Have they won a close game this year? I think yeah. they. I think every one of their wins has been an absolute dominant. Mm. Beat, beat their opponent to a bloody pulp, but I yeah, think in games where it's been. The Miami game was very close for the Bills for two or three quarters, and then they pulled away. Uh, but like, look, the weather is, is is an X factor here. Let's see how Mac does. I mean, I'm sure he's uh, been up in Foxborough there for a few months, and, and he knows what the weather's like. And I'm sure he's a pro, and he's going to wear gloves. And the best Monday night football game, the best Monday night game of the season. It may not turn out that way in terms of what people would look, like to see how he scoring game, but in terms of your old school NFL type of game, this is the one you want to be watching. I mean, my, Michael, all, all I'll say to you is I, I respect your viewpoint, but I do not see in any way, shape or form with the weather, Josh Allen throwing the ball any more than 15 yards accurately or any uh, quarterback. So you're going to want your quarterback who can throw five or 10 yards accurately and by all means stack the box. Oh, of course. But if, if he can do it, then he'll win the game. If he can do it accurately in the snow. And by action. That'll do, that'll do fine. But nobody's thrown it deep in this game. I want to take a picture for social. Everyone look surprised. What I would say is, sorry, I want to make a fine point. Uh, we Mac Jones so far has, in the last few weeks in particular, he's been, you know, he's been playing really well, and the offensive line has come together. But I don't know whether he's had so far a game of this magnitude in terms of the expectation. It's the biggest game of the season for both sides. It's a Monday night. It's a prime time game, and it'd be interesting to see how he handles it. But bear in mind, who he's, who his coach is, I think he'd be, I think he'd be fine. Well, we we like to talk about Mark as the Nostradamus because he called out the Mac Jones pick. I don't know if uh, you gentlemen saw Jet's dad and uh, the video going around on when the pick is made and he melts down as he announces he's done it again, he's done it again. Just watch it. He's got his Brady 2.0. Um, so I um, feel sorry for uh, poor old Jet's dad. Um, and yes, we will, we will see, uh, you know, over the course of the second half of the season, what Mac Jones is made of, but very impressive thus far. Yeah. And I was just one forward. final point on Mac Jones, you know, the second coming of Christ, Michael. But um, I think it was, Kurt, it was Kurt Warner or Troy Aikman during the week. And forgive me because I can't remember who, but he made a really great point. He said, He's doing great in what he's got at the moment. I think it was Warner, actually. He's making the right progressions. What's he seen? Honestly, we still don't know. We still don't know. And I think that's a pretty accurate summary in relation to it. He's, you know, how he can grow. He's in the best situation at the moment. So how he can grow and how he can evolve from there is unclear. And it could be a limited ceiling and he's going to be above average and that's it. Or it could be a higher ceiling. So I think that's a pretty 
fair summary on where things stand at the moment. You're playing me some lovely music, Mike. I'm not quite sure why, but I just it's it's like the outro. Hey, I'm excited. Outro music. Outro Josh music. Allen, who can play in the snow, play in the wet, play in the wind against a quarterback from Florida. Went to high school in Alabama. Can't wait to see how he's gonna do in the snow tonight, boys. Big game. Enjoy the games you're watching it. We're back on Thursday night for the Steelers against Vikings. The Vikings. The Vikings and on Thursday night. Here, here's a stat to leave you with. In the AFC, Miami are six and seven. That gives them the 13th seed. Philadelphia are six and seven. You'd be delighted, Brian. In the NFC, they are the eighth seed. I'm very much aware of that, uh, Colin. Wait, what what a what a difference between the conferences this year. What, what, a, what a delight to know that. Lovely. Lovely yeah. jubbly. Uh boys, thanks a million. Thanks to Trust. Thanks to Matchbook. Mark, good to see you back. Enjoy the game, folks, and see you then. Good night.